Don't ask me to talk. episode of Don't Ask Me to Talk. It is a continuation of a conversation that Busy and I had on the show earlier about um, her. She's a naturopathic doctor, and one of the areas that she especially focuses on is with women and especially perimenopausal, menopausal, um, you know, aging, all of those kinds of things. And she was going to stay. However, she realized that she had to head out. And so I have joining me Maria Bartlow, who was on the show before. She was talking about her Aunt Tony, and you should definitely check out that episode. Um, Maria is fascinating herself in her own right, and her Aunt Tony was, I mean, just legendary and a trendsetter, not a trendsetter, a trailblazer um, for women playing, playing professional um, baseball and especially as a woman of color and the impact that it had on Maria. And that episode, I think, is called A Chip Off the Old Stone. Yes. So definitely take a listen to that. Today, though, when I asked Maria if she would consider coming back on the show um, and what she'd want to talk about, you had your own ideas. Yes. I want to talk about me getting older and other people like me getting older. You know, it's just something... In life that, I don't know if you did it, but when I was a teenager, my friends and I would talk about older ladies wearing heels that were too high or having their hair in certain styles. And we would talk about them like, we're not going to do that. I mean, right. Doesn't she know that she's over 25 and she shouldn't be <laughs> dressing or looking like that? Right. So we were never going to do that. It was everybody else. And for me, everybody else got older. I didn't. I didn't stop working until two years ago in my 70s. So I worked with a younger group of people because I was the oldest one there, of Mm -hmm. course. And I listened to all their conversations and we talked about it. We laughed about it. And it was great. I know I always went to the mall to get a new blouse or a new dress to wear, doing something different to my hair because I was with a younger group of people, Mm -hmm. you know. And then all of a sudden, one day I retired. Mm. And I found out that you can only clean your house so much, and then it's done. Uh, I had a little great-granddaughter that I like seeing once in a while. But I was one of these grandmothers that I just didn't go out and pick her up. Right. You know, I had other things to do. Like, I wanted to go to the library and just read a book. You know, that old-fashioned library that people don't go to anymore. Right. right. Want, you know, those museums. Yeah, those that museums. Hold, that have books. Yes. <laughs> or I wanted to take a nice long walk and things like that. And I still thought that I was a young person. For some reason, in my mind, mm-hmm. I was a young person. And things didn't hit me until... One day, by the way, I'm divorced. Okay. And I was going through another challenge in my life where I asked my husband for a divorce. We had been married 29 years. And then I just had this thing like in the movies where I just wanted to spread open my wings and just fly. (laughs) Stella got her groove. (laughs) So the poor man didn't know what was going on with me, but I got my divorce. Right. Today, he's my best friend, also my boyfriend. But it's good that we're not married anymore. So things worked out that way. There you go. Yeah. But, you know, in the meantime, I just I just wanted to do something different. I didn't know what it was. And I decided I was going to write a book on my life that I thought was so wonderful. Or I was going to make jewelry. I was going to be creative. I was going to do all that stuff. And then after a few weeks at home, I started to look at myself. I hadn't really changed my sweatpants in a while. And my old things to wear was my gray sweatshirt. And that became the thing to put on. Mm -hmm. And why should I wear makeup when there's nobody where I'm going out to see or to talk to or whatever? You know, and I just saw my life just kind of eroding. And I didn't want that to happen because I was still feeling too young 
to let myself get old. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's something with your mind. I feel that you age with numbers, but a lot of us don't age with our mind the way we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. One day, my um, grandson came to visit. He was like eight years old. And he said, come on, Nan, let's go out and play basketball. You know, and I had my sweats on and mm-hmm. my old gray shirt. And I'm thinking, sure. I used to play basketball when I was a kid, and I was pretty good, too. You know, and I'm giving myself all this rah, rah, rah. And I said, get the ball. Come on, let's go do this. It was a nice day. The sun was shining just right and everything. And we went down to the basketball field, and I was just dancing on down there saying, I can do this. I'm so glad he came over because we can do this. We got on the court, and he shot a few balls, and he gave me the ball, and I shot a few balls, and I actually hit the basket. Nice. Wow, that was good. I felt so good. And then all of a sudden, I felt the sun coming up in the back of my head. And I started to get a little bit warm. And I was wondering, what, what the hell was that all about, you know? <laughs> and we're still shooting. And I find myself tossing the ball more to him. And then I was letting him run for it, you know? Uh-huh. And I was acting like I could really keep up and all this other kind of stuff. And finally, our little game was over. And we were walking back to the house. And that inner voice was saying to me, Oh, please, God, don't let me pass out here. (laughs) Please just let me get home, have a pill and a glass of wine and just (laughs) sit for a while. And my grandson is just chattering and saying, Nana, we can come and do this again. You were doing that pretty good, you know. And my brain is thinking, no, you can't do this again because tomorrow you probably won't even be able to move. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking, uh, Maria, when he wants to go play basketball, just tell him the truth. Say, you know, Nana's legs just don't move that fast anymore, but I can stand in one spot and throw the ball to you. You know, I'm not giving up completely. But, I mean, that was a little thing that went on in my head that, no, just because your mind is saying, yeah, go on and do it, you can't always listen to that. You know, you have to be careful about certain things. You know, and then I went through this phase where I I wanted to date, you know, being with your girlfriends and everything, your family, that's fine. You know, that's great. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, sometimes you would like to be with a man, too, mm-hmm. you know. So I went to the beauty shop and I decided I was going to dye my hair white. You know, okay. like a, a whitish blonde. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's going to be so cool. And then that youthful thing came over me again. Yeah, you'd look good in that. You know, and I put on my working pants, not my working pants, but my jogging pants Mm -hmm. and a really nice top. And I had to do some errands. But first I had to go to the post office. And I put on my new glasses, too. So before I left, I looked in the mirror and I thought, oh, you're looking good for 70 some odd years you know <laughs> you can still walk you got good hands you're looking good and uh-huh. I got in my car and I went to the post office and I was standing in line and then this guy came and stood behind me I think he was German or Swedish and he had this blackish hair but he had the gray sideburns and he said you look very nice today and I said oh thank you and my smile spread from one side of my ears to the other side of the ear. You know, I was just that happy that somebody actually spoke to me. So I started talking with him, and it was a nice conversation and everything. And then finally it was my turn to go to the window. And I went switching to the window because, you know, I had right. to make this impression. And I took care of my business. And as I was walking back out, he said, it was nice meeting you. hope I see you again. And, oh, that, that was my day. Do you hear me? That was oh. my day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I jumped in my car, and I drove to my eye doctor. I drove to REI, and then I went to reach down for my phone, and I didn't have my phone. And I thought, where did I leave my phone? <laughs> I was so excited by meeting this guy. I left my phone on the counter in the post uh, office, and it had been there for about two hours. 
they had picked it up when I went in there. That I asked the clerk if she saw a phone because I was going to have to go back to the eye place and everything. And she said, no, she didn't. And I thought, oh, my God, now my daughter's going to kill me because I'm sure she had tried to call me and couldn't uh-huh. get me. And then I looked on, there was like a top shelf, and I looked and I saw the phone. I said, there it is right there. And I was so happy with that. And I said, say what you do, Maria, when you get excited because some guy said hello. <laughs> you just leave everything besides, you know. But I figured out after that that the favorite, the coffee shop that I should go to, I buy my own coffee, but I'll have it at the post office. So who knows? There might be somebody else I might meet, you know. But the the other thing about getting older is when you're young and you're raising a family and you're helping a husband and everything, you really don't think that much about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not feeling well or whatever, you take an aspirin and you continue on. The kids got to go to basketball or baseball or whatever. You, you just keep going, you right. know. Your husband gets sick, and they're usually worse than your children, and you have to give them all this time. So you put yourself aside, mm-hmm. you know? And I had to get out of that, too, because I had to take better care of myself. It wasn't until I came here, and my daughter, I'll call her a health jockey. She's just really all over me about everything. Uh, one day I was sitting down, and I sat down, but it was like, hmm. <laughs> and then when I was getting up, I was grabbing the handles and then just lifting mm-hmm. myself up. And she was saying, what's wrong? You know, why are you doing this? And, Mom, we're going to go see the doctor. You know, I'm thinking, oh, it's not necessary. It'll go away. Right. You know, uh, I went to the doctor and I had all kinds of tests. And I had bad circulation in my knees. Mm. And it had been there forever from what the doctor had said. Uh, my legs would swell once in a while, but you get used to that too. You know, you right. wear a long pants or a long skirt, and you just, you know, it doesn't hurt. So I found out that uh, I had to have a knee surgery and get that taken care of. And I had to learn how to do certain things. And I, I want to say that to my older sisters, that, you know, you have to take time out for yourself. You do have to see a doctor periodically. And if you see the same doctor and you've been seeing him for years and things haven't changed or whatever, don't be afraid to go out and get second opinions for mm-hmm. yourself. This is very, very important for us. And, and that goes with your eyes. You know, we sit down and, and we squint at papers and we hold them up, we hold them down, we get different reading glasses and uh, still can't see, then you need to go see somebody, a mm-hmm. specialist about it. And these are certain things that we just take for granted and we don't do and we should do them in order to make, keep ourselves stronger. And the other thing too, um, we don't have to be young. It's, it's really not that necessary, but you should look good if for nobody else, but for yourself, you know, wear something that you like the color that you like, maybe nobody else likes it or whatever, but if it makes you happy, then you do it. That's one thing that you want to give to yourself. Mm-hmm. Look nice. Always be out there. Start to smile more. You know, if you don't want to smell a person or whatever, smile because we have good weather. You know, these things all make ourselves happy. I laugh at myself so much. It's just sickening. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> no, because, it's good. Because you do things. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, once I went out with this guy, Really nice guy, really nice guy. And this is when the arthritis in the knees and also the kind of stuff started acting up. But, uh-huh. you know, I'm happy. I laugh a lot. And we went to lunch, and it was really nice. And he got, we got in the car, and he was driving me home. And he got out, and he opened the door for me so I could get out. I thought, you know, all these little things are so nice when people do that for sure. you. Sure. Yeah. But I got one leg out and couldn't get the other out. <laughs> Which was something really strange. But that bad knee just decided to act up at that time and would not give. So this poor guy is holding the door open for me. And I'm trying to scrunch my way out of the car. Oh, my gosh. It was just so embarrassing. But it was so funny to me. I just looked at him. I said, I'm sorry. And I started to laugh. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he started to laugh right along with me. I said, I fought this last last birthday, but oh, it just my gosh. wouldn't work for me. You know, the birthday just came and left me with all this stuff, you know. So I had to apologize, but I I just had to laugh about it because oh, I felt that only me this could happen to. Well, and I love that he laughed along with you and that it's like, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. You know, like you can't stop it and there's no point in crying about it. So you just lean in and laugh about it. Exactly. Because that could have been another result is just to get depressed about the whole thing that happened. Right. You know, when you're when you're trying to have fun. Right. Did you go on another date with him? Yes, I did. See? Yes, I did. I mean, it, it was it was just. One of those things that happened, and I was just really glad that it happened in that way, that we were both coexist, coexist with our laughter and our fun, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess it, it could be different, and that's what I want to talk about, too, for us, that when things don't work out the way that we want it to, you know, we have to think of the different aspects that we could have on how to make things fun for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And, and if you don't laugh, out there laugh inside, you know, just make yourself think, oh, how stupid that is. I did it again. Mm-hmm. You know? And then the other thing is, um, I like to drink. I like to have a glass of wine periodically. Um, between my son-in-law and my daughter, I must have wine from all over, you know, and, and I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you go out with other people and everything, it is important for your brain ready to tell you that, you know, you take medication. You really don't need to have two glasses of wine. You know, just enjoy it. You can, you can, you know, have some water and have them put a lemon in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to do something that's going to embarrass yourself. Right. You know, especially when most people drink, I find that things that they never want to say come out. And right. that's the worst thing and I think that you know once we've gotten older and we're taking all kinds of medication we really have to be aware of this and take care of ourselves not only take care of ourselves but others you know in reference to how we might behave under Mm -hmm. the influence well it's funny I talked to um when I was talking with Busy Riley before Mm -hmm. I was saying that one of the reasons why I switched to her being my doctor is because this idea that uh, very often we don't tell our doctors everything Right. And we hold something back. And I I likened it to going to confession as a kid, you know, and we talked about growing up Catholic and that, you know, you would I I will not say you I would say, you know, well, I spoke back to my mom and I did this, but I didn't necessarily say like. I stole a hard candy from out of the barrel or yeah. I did those things. It was kind of like a, like, we're good. Right, God. And so with your doctor, very often we edit what we do. And you raise a really important point that as we get older, we may take different medications for different things. Very often it's preventative things. Yeah. However, we need to be aware of what impact drinking can have on that and exactly. make sure that can we do this and to what degree and be honest as as Busy said, you know, being honest about how much you drink, you know, it's like you need to tell your doctors the truth. Mm-hmm, and exactly. hopefully there's no judgment and um, and really be aware of that and how it can impact you. Exactly. Exactly. I find that uh, as we get older, it's it's more men that drink a lot, not being biased or anything. But it's more men that seem to have, especially older guys my age, that seem to want to be able to do these things that the way they used to do Mm -hmm. and can no longer do it, you know, and it really shoots off a big problem like that. And you're right about not telling your doctor everything. I worked uh, for a hospital for a number of years, and I know that our doctors had 15 minutes with each patient, sometimes 20 minutes with each patient. Mm -hmm. And when you know that, and even if you don't know that, you know, we go see a doctor and we have a tendency of not telling them everything instead of saying, you know, I have these headaches that come you know, almost every day or twice a day. And then my hip hurts and, and then my foot hurts. It, it almost seems like we're telling them too much or we right. don't want to seem <laughs> that we're just this sickly person. Right. But, you know, it's amazing, I think, now that people are getting to the point that they want to tell their doctors more 
you know, and they want, they need, but what thing they need to do is watch the medication as to how long they've been taking certain medications and to make sure that certain medications are not conflicting with others. Right. Because that can be a very big problem too. Right. You know, and even though your doctor doesn't have time to just sit down and have a two hour conversation with you, we should make a list of what is really bothering us to make sure that they know. Absolutely. And I, I find that I now, I have a list of the meds that I take so that, because how many times have I gone in someplace and, and they'll ask, you know, what, me, uh, what meds do you take? Do you take these supplements, vitamins, um, what dosage, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And it's important to know that, especially if something were to happen to you. Exactly. Um, having that information. And, and not only that, but also starting to keep track of, you know, okay, if it's not something that is of terrible concern to address with the doctor as a special visit, then at least starting to keep track of what are the things that I want to talk to the doctor about. You know, if my hip keeps popping or my ankles keep cracking or, you know, something, as you said, chronic headaches or something like that, mm-hmm. start keeping a list and you can even send the list in advance. And exactly. Say, Here's some of the things that I want to talk about. Exactly. Exactly. Get them prepared because I'm coming at 3.30 and right. this is what I want to talk about. Right. This is what bothers me. Because, you know, sometimes people get there and they sit in front of their doctor and then just go blank. Right. And the doctor doesn't know. All they do is go by, by your past record and then ask you if you're out of medication and then that's it and you're you're out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, so you ha- we have to be very careful about things like that. The other thing so. I've talked to my mom about um is making sure that she gives permission for one of us kids to be able to talk to her doctor Mm -hmm. so that if she walks out, as you say, you get, you know, flustered in a doctor's appointment and you forget something or you can't remember what they said exactly, that if you have somebody that you trust, that you can give them permission to contact the doctor and ask questions on your behalf, that helps. Exactly. Because, exactly. you know, um, when my dad was sick and, you know, there was so many different things that we were hearing from the the doctors and, you know, his heart and um, the fact that, you know, well, I think he's got COPD and he's got to be on oxygen and he's got to do this and he's got to do that. And we had so many questions. And as as his spouse, my mom could easily get overwhelmed and she is not a detail person. Mm-hmm. And so we would often be left with questions. And my dad was somebody that was like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, I don't need to know the details. At the end of the day, we're all going to die. And my mom doesn't like the details and didn't want to, you know, focus on them. And But as kids, we wanted to know them. Um, exactly. So I think that's an important thing. That is a very important thing. You know, when when you're older, you have to have somebody, even if it's just one, but if you have two people, two of your family that you can confide in mm-hmm. and let them know what's going on. Um, I have three children, but two sons and a daughter. And Monica goes, finds out everything. And sometimes it gets a little irritating <laughs> for me. <laughs> of course. I mean, you know, you're like, hello, because- parents. What do you mean I have this doctor's appointment? What do you mean I've got to take this pill? But I I am so glad that she has a patience with me to go through that because if something happens, she's right there and she knows mm-hmm. what the doctors have said or what they've written down for me. And this is so important because I didn't have that with uh, my family. I was the only child. And mm-hmm. every time somebody got sick or something happened, I was the last one to know. Right. And so when they need an emergency, you don't you don't know what to say. Because right. you I had no idea that they you. were, you know, yeah, doing this or they felt anything. this way. Yes. And I think the mental health thing is really important. You know, I know that um, losing my dad, that was devastating for my mother. Uh, they had made it to, I think, 51 years of marriage. Oh, wow. And he was the love of her life and yes. vice versa. And she still misses him. And mm-hmm. as you say, you know, she certainly enjoys um, a male's attention mm-hmm. and companionship. Exactly. 
However, she has no real interest in dating somebody. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, she'll joke about, you know, my next husband needs to be rich, have a plane so I can come visit you kids. Um, he's got to be Catholic. You know, she's got her list. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, she likes that. However, at the end of the day, um, she only ever has had eyes for my dad. And, you know, and, and that's how it is. So then that can be hard mental health, missing him or the depression that it's you go a, it's through. It's a depression that you go through when you lose someone so important to you, you know, and that's, I don't think that that's something that we really ever get over. You know, it's there, it will be there because that, that person was part of you. Mm-hmm. But on the same side, she can't have fun. She can't learn how to golf. She can go out and play cards. Oh, she definitely there's, has fun. Yeah. You know, there's different clubs, you know, that men are in. And I, I tell everybody, you know, if you're looking to, you know, do different things, find clubs or activities that men aren't involved in. Yeah. I have a friend of mine who is in her, I think she's in her mid-60s maybe, mm-hmm. and she's ready to um, meet somebody. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Where do you find, Mm -hmm. you know, people to meet? You can meet them online. You can take some classes, Zoom classes online where there are men there. Oh, that's a good idea. Like continuing education type things? Continue education. At the library, they have different volunteer things, and you can go in there, and they have different activities and everything. Also, the museum, you know, has things like that where you can meet, you know, other people, particularly guys. Mm -hmm. It's going to there to really you know give you that handout if you need it because sometimes you know you don't need to have like in in your your mom's in her respect she doesn't need to have some guy to just latch on to I mean just just a companion about having a male voice to say things or just somebody to say right you look really nice today right who doesn't like you to know? be yeah. seen exactly exactly <laughs> and then there are senior citizen places that I used to always say no I'm not going to see your scene someplace, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was that always frightened me, but it was just someplace that I didn't want to deal with until one day I was selling jewelry and I went to the senior citizen place and they, it was a Christmas festival, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And they had these guys that was working around there and there was this one that was just really nice. I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, and I went over being brazen, little huzzy of 70 something, <laughs> and gave, gave my name and asked him his, and, you know, just started talking, uh-huh. you know, and I thought that was just nice. It was a nice day and everything. I met somebody new, and, Absolutely. you know, it, it, we weren't going out or anything like that, but it was just the thing of the day of uh, being with someone with a masculine voice that you could talk to and just enjoy yourself. Right. I think that's really all a lot of us want you know absolutely and isn't it funny that if he had come over to you do you think in his voice he was thinking i'm being a brazen a little hussy right now (laughs) and yet because you saw somebody that you know you witnessed him being nice and social and whatever you went up and introduced yourself and it's so funny how it no matter how old we are, right? That yes. youthful insecurity of exactly is this appropriate for me to be doing this. Exactly, you and still have those hangups, and and again, I don't care how old you get, some of those things just go way back, you know. Because mm-hmm. I would have never, when I was younger, I would have never. Somebody didn't talk to me or whatever. Right, that's it, you know. But now I want to make that steps. <laughs> Right. Those little old things still kind of are back there, you know. Right. Well, and, you know, you're you're doing the things that you never would have done. And then in the retelling, it's like, you know, oh, well, I was, you know, really being brazen. Exactly. Um, But I love the fact that you're doing it anyway, because really, you know, that, you know, you might be brazen, but I would argue fierce. (laughs) Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that, you know, and you're not at all a hussy. Yeah. And no. frankly, even if you were, whose business is that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's nobody's business. Yeah. But, you know, it's little things like that that can can hold us back. And that's why we still have to, you know, be brave and just start walking that walk, you know, because mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Right. You know, 
I mean, what is it? They're not going to talk to you anymore or, or whatever. That's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You weren't in my life before. Exactly. It's okay so, if you're so not you going to be in my life now. You not lost anything, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, that's what I I would tell your your mom is to just to go out there, learn how to do some new things for yourself, you know, and and make that part of your happiness. It's it's okay to talk to the guy that makes cookies behind the counter, right? You know, it really is, or the one that's rolling dough or whatever. You know, go in there and put your lipstick on and smile a lot, and hey, right, you know, your day could be different. Well, and she's really fortunate. She and my dad had talked. Um, they had the gift of time before my dad died mm-hmm. and they knew that his time was limited. And so they talked about these things, which mm-hmm. I also think is healthy as you get older, talking to each other. If you have a significant other or talking to your family mm-hmm. and just knowing, like pretending that it's not going to happen is exactly. just ridiculous. Exactly. And so they talked about her going to this uh, continuing care facility where she lives, mm-hmm. where a lot of their friends also live. And so she has this built-in community that she can live independently. And as she needs increasing care, it's accessible for her. Yeah. And so staying busy and staying social, that has kept her very young. And exactly. I, I was joking with Busy um, in the episode um, just before this one that, you know, at times I'm like, okay, are you right now acting 81, which at times it's fair, mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't get it or you can't figure that out or you just can't wrap your head around it or, you know, that's moving too fast. Or are you being a diva? Mm-hmm. And very often she's like, oh, I'm totally being a diva. <laughs> and, you know, and just asking the question because both answers are OK. Yes. And there are times like when, you know. You were like, if my grandson asked me to play basketball again, right? Yes. I'm not being a diva. I'm just like, you know what? I can do it this way, and I can't do it the way that I did it last time. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, that diva sometimes gets in the way of a lot of things. It's ego, right? (laughs) It is ego. It's ego. And just because we get older, it doesn't mean that we don't have our ego. And people forget that ego is equal parts um, vanity as it is insecurity. Exactly. Exactly. And we all suffer with this periodically. Absolutely. You know, we can't help it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I've even started modeling, you know, you know, boom makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I sent in my picture and everything. You know, it, it was that diva thing. I swear to God, I wasn't going to do all that. That's so cool. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, see, that's the way I felt, too. And um, I had my daughter take pictures of me when we were out in the patio. And they use those for commercials and everything. Uh-huh. When they can. And, and what it is for you, you get some free product. Sure. You get product to wear, whatever, take more pictures, send it in that thing. And, again, I, I was going through my thing that I'm going to be cute. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be modeling for this agency some type of way you know because these ladies are all older mm-hmm. and everything and, and now they're wearing different kinds of makeup and this is what I want people my age to indulge in is wearing makeup I'm not talking about um, going to a big store and paying $500 for makeup and right. you know all this other kind of stuff just stuff they can put on and go out and still feel great mm-hmm. so I was on the patio my daughter was uh taking some pictures of me, and I was telling them, telling my daughter how good this product is and how it looks. And then my dogs came in. They're Ridgebacks, so they're big. Oh, no. <laughs> I had this, this tube of red that you can put on your face and you could also put on your lips. Oh, right? okay, yep. So I was doing that, and Nephi, that was dog, her head was right here, right in the camera, and she came right up to me, and she kissed me real quick. And then lick the t- <laughs> Oh my gosh. And my daughter was laughing. And of course, you know, I was laughing too. And she said, I'm going to send this one. Yes. They probably loved that. <laughs> they did. Yep. Because <laughs> I was saying, oh, and my dog, Neffy, loves it too. You know, her name is Nefertiti. She's a queen, so she knows uh, what's good. That's amazing. <laughs> that's quick thinking. But it was just. Too funny, you know, and the girls came in. And, and it's just things like that that I try to do and I, I would like other people to do it just to 
make themselves happy some kind of way because we have enough depression in our lives that we could just sit and just cry most of the time. Mm -hmm. But we can't solve everything. You know, we just can't do it. So the best thing for us to do is if we make ourselves happy, we can make the people around us happy too. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I, I loved earlier in the episode you were talking about how, you know, age is a number. So, you know, this number may keep getting higher, but how you don't necessarily mentally equate with that exactly. number. And it's so interesting because similar to what you talked about, how when you were a young girl and you said, when I get older, I'm not going to be dressing inappropriately. Like they're exactly. way too old to be dressed exactly. like that. Exactly. Well, I keep hoping that as I age into my 70s, 80s, 90s, that my whole life doesn't become about, you know, doctor's appointments. And it doesn't become about, you know, oh, well, you know, I lost this person and, and you know, and just sort of the bad news of aging, right? Yes. That it's very easy to focus on doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment and, you know, your friends that are aging out and, um, and you know, you lose them and that kind of thing. And that moment that that Nephi came up and licked you and licked the makeup, <laughs> that was that inner youthful-like ridiculousness that that's what ultimately brings the real glow to you, right? Exactly. The makeup may enhance it, but it's that, that just inner the inside, glow. The happiness, that, mm-hmm. that, that chance to laugh and just look at everything mm-hmm. for what it is. That's what it is. It's like we need to function from the feeling instead of from the number. Exactly. Is what I'm hearing you're saying. Exactly. We do. We do. You know, we. The, one of the worst things in life that I have seen is, you know, doing volunteer work in rest homes or convalescence homes and watching people. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. It's 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 hard. And if they're alone or, you know, have regrets or unhappiness and to not have that has got to be hard. It is hard. You know, it's really emotional to go in those places and see people just sitting. I'm so sorry. Why are you apologizing? It's powerful to talk about this. This is exactly why we're talking about it because it's I think what you have been a witness to is people just giving up and giving up on that inner youth and focusing on the outer exactly just sitting and staring out windows Mm -hmm. you know I mean spend half their day or most of their day just staring out the window you know nobody to really talk to them you know, unless a volunteer or somebody goes up and plays with them, you know, sings to them mm-hmm. and talks to them about their times and everything. And you watch them just kind of give up on life. And watch it go by from from an outsider's perspective. You know, as you say, looking out the window and watching it and not realizing that there's a whole life inside of them. And yeah. even if they're dealing with dementia or, you know, there's other things going on, it's there's so many stories there. It is. And, and then you have those that will say, um, I'm sick. I can't see anymore. I can't really walk. Uh, I don't need the television because I can't see it. Um, don't turn on the radio because my hearing isn't that good. And they just, they have it all spent out, mm-hmm. everything that's wrong. Right. You know, and it got to the point that I had to take my dog in because everybody loves dogs. Of course. And I could put her up on the bed and let them pet her and everything. And that would kind of make them smile mm-hmm. or bring things out. But when you're going home and you look at that, you don't want to be like that. You do not want to be like that. And that's that's a moment. Um, I've, I've talked about this a couple times. Um, my friend JD has a show um, called The Show is All About Us. And this week he was talking about... Uh, William Shatner. Oh, yeah. And, you know, going into space at uh, 90, being 90. the oldest person, right? I think ni- 90 or 95, 90, I think. And 
he said he was really struck by his reaction, and that is um, that I hope to never, and I'm going to get it a little bit wrong, but something along the lines of, I hope I never recover from that experience. See. And that we all have moments, whether they're positive or negative, that you hope you never recover from, that they have a lasting impact on you. And so it sounds like that work has had the impact that, for you, that I don't want to do that. Truly, you know, because I often, I tell my kids now, when when I go, I'm going to be sitting in my car at a red light. (laughs) And that's it. It's over. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's over. That's that's it. I I keep joking that um, I want to be cremated. And so I keep saying that when I'm cremated, I want to be cremated wearing a bikini. (laughs) Because it will be the officially the only time that I've ever worn one, and I keep joking. Half the girls don't wear bikinis. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> and that I said I will never have looked so hot <laughs> as I'm cremated in my bikini, and you know, I just I don't know. There needs to be a certain humor about things. Well, of course, that's what I'm saying. You know, you have to you have to have that to keep yourself going. Absolutely. You really do. do. When my um, when my dad died, we uh, he was cremated and his ashes were put in like a mausoleum. And um, my mom and he have we call it the mailbox. It's a mailbox big enough for the two of them. Uh And so just the immediate family went and did this. And my brother put a little uh, block in with the uh, the urn uh-huh. and my dad's joke was always you know I ran around the block today and then I put it back in the toy chest <laughs> and so we put a block in yeah. so that he could especially as somebody that was dealing with um, you know his heart and with breathing you know yeah. to be able to like run in perpetuity around right. the block right exactly um, you know it was just a a fun way to stay connected and I have uh, for my mother a shot glass that is a Dewar's white label shot glass, which is her scotch. And I plan (laughs) to pour a little in there. There you go. And it's it's not that I believe, obviously, that they are there or that even their spirit is there. I mean, their spirit continues to live on. Exactly. Um, and, And it's not that. It's just more about focusing on what was so alive about people. And also, it's about you. Yeah. And you're your brother being able to partake in all of this, you know, and let your feelings go that way because this is what dad talked about. This is what mom wanted. Right. You know, and you're carrying these things out for them. Absolutely. So that, that's what that's all about. You feel better after you do it. Absolutely. Oh, I totally agree. So what are other, um, we've got a few more minutes. So what are other, so takeaway tips for you are, uh, nothing is wrong with male attention as long as it doesn't um, distract you to the point where you leave your phone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, for God's sakes, clean yourself up a little bit. If not for others, then certainly for yourself. Think about yourself and, and how you want to look in public and you know how it makes you feel when you do these things. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not in public, if you're at home by yourself, you know, hey, Check out the mirror. Right. You know, these are times to experiment as different eye color or whatever it is that you want to do. Sure. You know, go out. Right. People are afraid of the mirror. I know. I know. I am too because then I see reality sometimes. I don't know. I'm (laughs) sitting across from you and I'm like, (laughs) the reality of how you look is amazing because. Oh, thank you. You know, you are, you are stunning. You truly are. And. It's as much, I'm sure, what God gave you, right, and oh, yeah. and how you are. But it's also that youthfulness that we're talking about. You've got the sparkle in your eye and the mischievousness and the laugh that you have. Um, all of those things are really what I think helps, like, the whole package. Oh, you're so nice. I won't be able to get in my car because my head is going to be too big now. <laughs> as long as you can get out of the car. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But I I do want to say the thing that you were talking about, having somebody aware of what's going on with you, 
you know, have your children understand the bills mm-hmm. about your will, mm-hmm. how you want things done. And we're alive now, so don't be afraid to talk about it. And, and there are going to be some children that they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to know about it. But you still must make sure that they know about it or write it out so they have it, give, write a letter so they can mm-hmm. read it once in a while so mm-hmm. that they know these things are very important too. You know, let's not forget that because um, I was the only child in my whole family. And it was like, it was hard when somebody passed away. It was very hard because you had to go and dig up everything and look for everything, you know. And I came from the time and age where people, your parents really didn't talk that much to you about anything that we now know is important. Right, it was like adult things, right? (laughs) Exactly, It's like, oh, the adults are going to talk about this. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. As a matter of fact, don't come in. I'm talking to your aunt right now. Right. They were always putting you out. But these things are very important now, and it will make you as an individual to feel freer that you know that your children know what it's all about. Well, and what you want. I mean, my mom has a file folder right down to, you know, the song that she would like played, the color flowers that she would like, um, the readings that she would ideally like. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's got the whole thing. And, you know, not everybody is fortunate enough that they get to pick those things in advance, obviously. However, you know, it's sort of like your wedding day, like plan the party. Exactly. Right? I mean, what it's we all about. took a lot to, you know, plan for a wedding day. And, like, why not take some time to plan how you want to be sent off and remembered? Exactly. And, you know, and the other thing that I would say on this subject is I wrote my dad's eulogy um, when he started getting sick. And I knew that he wouldn't be with us for as long as he should have been. Yes. And... I wrote it in advance, and I've also written my mother's. It will change and evolve, and I'll Mm -hmm. edit it. And as odd as that seems to people, I wrote both in a period not of grief, but in a period of real authentic relationship to them. Being frustrated with mom at times or, you know, saying to her, you know, you're such a diva or whatever. That's the real authentic relationship that I want to talk about with other people. And the glossed over, grief stricken, um, you know, eulogies that sometimes happen, they do a disservice to the person and to the memory at times. That's true. Right. That is so true. Sometimes when they're doing the eulogy, you don't even know who they're talking about. Right. (laughs) And that's it's generic because it's, you know, and obviously like it, it, you're again, you're grief stricken and not all of us have the benefit of being able to do that. But thinking about those points, it's so important. And I've been to funerals where, you know, it it feels very generic and and it's hard. Yeah. And I remember it was really hard to give my dad's eulogy. And at the same time, it was so exactly who he is. That's beautiful. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. At least I think that's the way it should be. It's powerful you know? stuff. Exactly. Well, they do that when you're famous, right? When exactly. you're famous, they have like your whole, you know, like with Colin Powell, right? Yes. And like, you know, the first black secretary of state who did this exactly. and did that and whatever. Exactly. So it's almost like you need to think if you were famous... What would your obituary say? If I were famous, I really don't know. I I would like it to be said that she was a knowledgeable person, loved everybody, or liked everybody. Um, She's very educated as far as human beings are concerned. And she loved to laugh. You know, she had a great time in her life. I And I can really testified to that you know with everything that has gone wrong I've really had a good life my my license plate reads lucky me you know not because I have millions or anything nothing like that but just that I have been very good and people have been very good to me so I'm blessed that way but I know um, my ex-mother-in-law passed away and even after her son and I got a divorce we were great friends 
See, that's what I mean. I get along with everybody. Ex-husbands, okay. we still end up great friends and everything. Right. Still the father yeah. of the children. Yeah. And so she passed away, and she was, she went to the university up until she died. She worked as a paralegal. She did all kinds of things. She was well-rounded, and she was another person that liked to laugh, you know. And she liked to argue when it comes <laughs> to politics and everything. And... Uh, my ex-sister-in-law, because, you know, it wasn't something that they had planned or anything. They barely had enough to get her buried and everything. It was really hard. Sure. And I drove down from California, and they came over, and they asked me if I would be part of it, you know. And I thought, what am I going to do? You know, it was right. a Catholic ceremony and everything. And then they wanted me to get up and give us a little talk about her. And I didn't want to say the usual things, you know. Right. And so I just got up and I said, you know, Mildred was my mother-in-law for a number of years, and I just loved her. And I said, she was the type of person that just spoke her mind. She'd tell you exactly what it was, whether you wanted to hear it or not. You know, and I said, my, my mother-in-law had a good thing going. She loved to argue, and she had everything lined up in a row. You know, and as a matter of fact, when she argued with you, you just might as well shut up, which is sometimes what I did and just let her ramble <laughs> on, you know. And I kept telling them things like that, you know, that when we decided to go to a casino and she didn't want the rest of the family to know that we were going to a casino, going to Reno, as a matter of fact. Oh, you know, it's one of those big secret weekends. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how we went What happens there. in Vegas type thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. We went down there, and she pulled out a jar of pennies that she had. I was so embarrassed. One of those big candy. At that time, there was those big candy jars. Yeah, yeah. When there, we had to go into the casino first and then cash those in and get the money so we can go to different places and gamble. So we did that, and she won about $600. Oh. Yes. Pennies and add up. With, as we got halfway back home, she said, Maria, don't you tell anybody I won this money. I said, how can I? We haven't even told them that we're <laughs> in Reno or anything. So I had to tell them that story, and people just laughed about it. You know, and I, I ended with that. My mother-in-law is the greatest person in the world. I love that. It seems like um, happiness is the antidote to aging. Yeah, it is. I, yeah, I love that. I love having conversations with you. I'm going to have you on again and we're going to talk about something else because you're so, you're just inspiring and lovely and so wise. It's really, it's really lovely just to, to chat with you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Ernest, did you hear what she said about me? Oh, Eric. 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 Eric is my witness. He, he is a witness. He is an excellent witness. He, he is. is like he pays attention to these things. So <laughs> I am so grateful that you're on the show again. And it's perfect timing following busy. And um, everybody needs to take some notes with this episode. Oh, I think so, too. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I really want to thank you for having me on. I, I really think I'm suffering periods of dementia because I had to ask you the address, I think, two or three times. And no. I've been here before. <laughs> You know what, though? It's it's if it's not on the regular route, I do the same thing. I plug in the address to SeaTac every time I go. And I've I've gone at this point hundreds of times. So, yeah, that has nothing to do with it. So thank you, Maria. It was so nice chatting with you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on again. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. And one of these episodes where there's just always more to say. Oh, yes. Thanks, everyone. Uh, 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 uh,